0: Welcome to The Film Coterie. I'm Roger. I'm Adam. And this is episode number 28 for the week of November the 3rd, 2017, and it's Thor 3 on 11-3. Lots of Lots of TH sounds in there. <laughs> Absolutely. So, Adam, what's happening, man? What's going on?
1: I'm glad to hear that you're finally watching Stranger Things, because in, in binge-watching Streamworthiness, it's been out for a little while.
0: So here's the thing, man, my life is crazy, crazy busy right now. I normally would have done knocked out stranger things like in a weekend, right? But you know, it's just the seasons of life. I have family that are moving and, and, uh, in-laws, mother-in-laws that are downsizing houses and it's just, it, my life's insane, crazy, but there's still time for movies, you know? But I am enjoying, I've seen the first Stranger Things 3, or Stranger Things 3, this is two, right? Yes. yes. This is
1: the second season. I've
0: seen like three or four episodes of Stranger Things season two, and I got to say, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm digging it. I'm, I, I haven't found a reason to stop watching, so I'm kind of digging this, this. It's it's
1: it's still strange. The you know? kids are all great. I really enjoy Hopper, the, the the cop, the sheriff. He is he's kind of the glue that holds the whole thing together for me.
0: Absolutely.
1: And he's the new hellboy, you know that, right?
0: I did, but I had forgotten it till yeah. you said something. He'll be excellent.
1: Yeah, he's hellboy.
0: He's going to be good, man. How about you? What have you been watching between movies?
1: Uh-huh. I've actually been slow on movies since nightmares. I got overloaded there. Um I I I did Stranger Things in 2 days. It came out on a Friday. I was done by Saturday night. Um, I'm currently watching Mind Hunters on Netflix. It's a very, very interesting serial killer drama from David Fincher.
0: Well, you know, it's on my list to watch. It's it's in my, you know, queue to watch this. Yeah, I can't
1: recommend it enough. It's good.
0: Because it looks really, really good. And I tell you, Netflix is, is hitting it out of the park with some good stuff, man. I tell you, they're really, we are in, we got to be in a golden age of TV. I mean, just, I know this is a film, film podcast, film coterie podcast. I get it, but. Just cut us a little slack here for a second. TV is awesome right now. Oh, yeah. I mean, Netflix and Amazon both are putting out awesome theatrical movie, you know, kind of stuff. You know, stuff that goes into the theaters, but then comes right to Netflix, and it's good stuff, man. Except for, we'll see about the Will Smith movie coming up. Bright. We'll, from David Ayers. We'll see. It's 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 It has all the makings of something I will love, but probably end up hating.
1: Oh, and I took advantage of the Target buy two, get one video game sale. I don't nice. know when I will <laughs> have time to play what'd, them. What did
0: you end up picking up?
1: Uh, the new Wolfenstein.
0: Oh, it looks great.
1: Uh, the South Park game. I like the yep. first one quite a bit. And I got um, the Lord of the Rings. Um, nice. Shadow of War.
0: I am still trying to get to max level in Destiny 2. It's so sad. I'm lonely either. I know. I'm raid ready. But I will get raid ready one of these days.
1: I just have no compatriots.
0: Now, you know, it's something else I've gotten into that I've really been into this week specifically. Have you ever heard of a thing called lit RPG? No, I had never heard of this till like a couple weeks ago. So I'm listening to another podcast, which is a uh, fantasy science fiction fantasy uh, book club. You know that I'm I, I've listened to these guys for years. Uh, It's called The Sword and Laser. Some of our listeners probably listen to it. It's a very popular podcast about science fiction and fantasy. And they read a book every month. Well, they brought up that there's this whole genre called lit RPG.
1: Lit as in literature?
0: As in literature. Okay. So the the most famous lit RPG is Ready Player One. These are novels about a person who's playing an online video game and their experience through that. So it's like... um, an example of the one that I'm the, it's the one, this is the one I, I, so I picked one up, right. To, to, to check out what this is about. Cause I really liked ready player one, uh, the theme and everything. So I pick up another one It's set in 2076. So like, you know, near future. And this kid's in this elite school. Of course, the internet's really up and, you know, imagine what technology is going to be. I don't know, 60 years from now, 50 years from now, all the headsets. And it's all about VR and the headsets and stuff. And so, there's this brand new uh, MMO, MMO RPG coming out called Awake Online. And it's this kid. It's kind of like the similar story to Ready Player One where this kid is kind of kicked out of an elite prep school because he's too... Uh, Dangerous. Wh- he's too welfare and too poor and shouldn't be oh. there kind of thing. And so he ends up, uh, this game drops... And he goes into the game, and and it's literally like playing World of Warcraft. I mean, you start at level one, and he has to pick a class and a subclass and all that. And
1: kill ten chickens.
0: Well, but no, no. Yes, that's an option you can do, yes. But he he decides to pick a um, necromancer as his class. And it's all, the whole novel is supposed to be about from the dark side perspective. What if a character could play the evil person? How do they become the evil person? So it's really interesting. And if you've ever played World of Warcraft, which Adam and I both have, or if you've played any of these MMOs and you kind of understand the concept of leveling, this, this novel's not grindy whatsoever. There's not like, well, he killed 12 chickens <laughs> and he killed 10 chickens. Now, it's really kind of engrossing. I find myself... Driving the car, listening to this book on Audible.
1: I'd have to hear it because, dude, dude it sounds, I, I just can't fathom.
0: It, it sounds as corny as can be and dumb as can be. The hero
1: went and did something, and then had to go back to town I, to tell con- someone he did something. I,
0: I'm convinced. I'm convinced it's this. It's this generations pulp fiction. You know, pu- pu- you know that just no, not the movie. The oh. the science fiction. <laughs> okay. You know, like the pulp novels that used to come out, like yeah. the kind of like you know. um, the, the the books, the science fiction and fantasy books, like mass market edition. It's just kind of fun, simple. But, dude, I'm finding myself, especially with this dark side of the story, very, very engrossing, you know. Because, I don't know, it, it's just kind of like playing World of Warcraft while you're driving around, you know. Cause it, and it's done in a virtual environment, so he actually feels it. and And then it does it in flashbacks to the company releasing the game. It's a whole lot about this and we've got all of our listeners are going would you please get on the film scene.
1: <laughs> yeah. Anyway, when you said Lit RPG, I was just hoping it was a drunk character RPG because I might be for that. <laughs>
0: no. It's a whole genre of books now where they it's it's books about people playing online video games. It's
1: like watching videos, unboxing videos. <laughs> that's where you're at with it with me in my mind
0: that's exactly what it is i'm addicted to unboxing videos oh no
1: we're gonna have a therapy session next next episode
0: well we're here to talk about movies yes and we have a good one tonight we're gonna talk about so this is our thor ragnarok edition and so enough about me and stupid lit rpgs right let's take a break come right back you're listening to the film coterie
1: All right, we're back, and the movie we saw this week was Thor Ragnarok, the third film in the Thor trilogy. I'm doing everything I can to get away from saying Thor 3.
0: I'm not even going to go
1: there. Uh, Directed by Taika Waititi, the director of Hunt for the Wilder People and What We Do in the Shadows, this is a very different approach for Thor.
0: Love what we did in the shadows, by the way, Mm -hmm. and I've still yet to see Hunt for the Wilder People.
1: You need to see it. But
0: I'm going to see it. And it is a totally different take on Thor.
1: It is. It's been moving in this direction. I mean, Thor's gotten sillier as the movies have gone on, especially with uh, Joss Whedon and Avengers giving him some more humorous lines. So it's not completely unexpected, and I think it fits in the universe better now that we've had two Guardians films. We know the cosmic side of Marvel now. We've seen planets like the planet we've seen in this film. You know, the cosmic stuff doesn't feel weird to me, does it? feel pretty normal to you at this point yeah
0: yeah it, it, we have it's it's superheroes in space now i mean you know what i'm saying and so i really like i really watching the trailers i was very apprehensive about this movie i was like oh man this is gonna be stupid or this you know this is gonna be it's gonna try to be funny but kind of gonna end up being corny and not good and dude, it's funny, man. I'm telling you it is very good, very funny i i, I went late on Thursday night to a ten thirty show at a very large theater here in Columbus, and it was packed out. I mean everything but the first two rows was there's was not a seat available,
1: yeah, it's tracking big last I saw it's looking to open over hundred million
0: yeah i i i bet I bet so, and the crowd there just loved it. they were totally into the movie they uh were laughing and clapping and um Couple scenes where, um, you know, some slapsticks kind of stuff happens um, because you know Hawks in it. And so Hawks' gonna smash some stuff, you know? And so, uh, yeah, the, the crowd where I was at loved Thor. Um, do you want to give him kind of a quick synopsis, kind of what it's about without getting into spoilers?
1: Yeah. Um, Thor's been missing from action for a while. If you've been watching all the movies, he was not in Civil War. I may be wrong, because we saw him at the end of Doctor Strange, in the one of the Stingers.
0: But he's been absent. But
1: he's been absent. He had the visions in Age of Ultron about Ragnarok. It wasn't well done in that movie, and everyone admits it's kind of a flaw, and it could have been done better, but Thor's been on a journey, and we don't really know what he's been up to, so this movie picks up with him interrogating, in his own way someone that might lead to Ragnarok. Right. It's a funny opening sequence and then Thor's adventure kicks off.
0: And this has kind of become the Marvel signature. They're always going to open with some kind of an intense yet humorous battle the first five minutes of the film, you know. It's kind of like the opening Bond chase sequence there yeah. always are. You know, this has kind of become Marvel's signature and it does not disappoint. It was visually beautiful. Um, I was able to see it in A Dolby Atmos uh, sound and it just was great. The sound was incredible. Um, let's talk about this film visually might be one of the best things that Marvel's done visually as far as how nice it looked.
1: Yeah. So Asgard looks the same. I mean, Asgard looks like Asgard in any other movies, but (coughs) once we get to the, the planet that you see the arena on, it's very bright, very colorful, very alien. That movie feels right at home in the guardians universe. Right. And a lot of the movie takes place there and it has kind of a fun flash gordon kind of feel to the sci-fi and lots of aliens they carry huge blaster rifles and oh yeah kind of outlandish weaponry and i mean the you already have the characters you know there's a lot of time with thor and loki in this movie and they introduce a couple new ones um valkyrie played by tessa thompson is a i think a welcome addition to this cast yep she comes in early and she's a mainstay for the rest of the film
0: yeah and and it's just Adam, it's just you know if we didn't have Guardians of the Galaxy, I don't know how this f- these films would have went over, but we've been conditioned for this strange sci-fi fantasy world, you know, and um, you
1: wouldn't have thought twice if Rocket Raccoon was having a beer on this planet.
0: I almost started to say that I was almost surprised
1: we didn't get a Guardians cameo of somebody sitting at a bar. There may be some easter eggs. Yeah. You know, there's big crowds. It's hard to spot everything, but it just feels very much like the Guardians setting.
0: Um w- one of the things that is um kind of played with is kind of the underpinning is Thor really having to come into himself, you know? Uh, that's kind of an underpinning theme for this movie. How do you think that came across in the film? And were there any other... It's such a lighthearted film. Was there really any... Ma- you know, I you know I I read some reviews that were negative on the film, you know. Um, and they said nothing matters in a Thor film because you never feel like there's any real threat for anything. And I get it. They're really right. You don't... I never once did the film that I feel like, you know, Thor might die or one of the heroes might die but there's still some serious there's there was still a, not a serious but a, an undertone of thor had to kind of come into his own there's you know
1: they and that's a knock against the franchise they still haven't quite delivered there cuz the narrative for thor is he's the oldest heir is he ready to take the place is he ready to be a ruler or does he still want to be the boy running around the galaxy yeah it, it, They'd never really have done much with that. He does. He's not advanced as a character. Right. He may get stronger, different abilities, but as a character, I can't say that he's grown any.
0: And, and that would be probably one knock on, outside of maybe Winter Soldier, the whole series, the whole Marvel series. They're much more light and kind of campy.
1: They'd go fun. Fun. I think, I think no, they no, want to be described as right. fun. Yes,
0: fun would be a better description. I think Winter Soldier has went pretty serious and dramatic at times. And they've had great success with that character, you know, but um, the rest of the rest of them have been just kind of fun. I mean, Iron Man has kind of went real fun and light. And uh, um, would you like to see in, in in this in the Thor series him have to wrestle even more with this? You know,
1: that's the thing with the Marvel movies. I don't think I care much about the plot and the characters. I mean, I just like sitting down and being entertained. I can take them as popcorn films, right. And I was oh, yeah. thinking about this the other day, like when I watched something, like I really like the Chris Nolan Batman trilogy. Third one drops the ball a little bit, but the first two are, are near perfect. First
0: two are amazing.
1: And then I, you know, I care about the plot. I care about the characters. I want those to be better plot wise and they are, but with the Marvel movies, I, I'm able just to sit down and kind of shut my brain off a little bit and have fun there. I don't need, I don't need. Character development. I don't need a lot of the things I would need in certain movies. So, so
0: is this just a reflection of the comic series? Because with DC, maybe you get a little more serious, a little more dramatic, and with Marvel, it's a little more fun, more upbeat. Is yeah. is that a? Uh, I'm not a comic guy. Maybe if there's somebody out there that's in really into the comics, you know, maybe you could you could shed some light on that for us. But uh,
1: the Marvel formula is very apparent. They call it, you know, it's it's all the all these films are. They're all pretty much the same. <coughs> introduction of a villain and rising stakes and not a lot happens you always get to the same ending it it, you feel like you're watching a marvel movie this this doesn't go in any different direction than any of the other marvel movies but i'm still having fun with it i don't and i think it helps that this one goes in more of a fantasy direction with some pulpy sci-fi
0: well thor is a fantastical character right
1: he introduced magic to the original marvel universe i mean that was the first character that was magic
0: yeah. With him and Doctor Strange, they are the fantastical elements of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And so, um, yeah, they kind of work good together, I think, you know, those two films.
1: Well, and then you have the other the sci-fi part, and that's what Guardians gave us. Yes. So they all it all mixes pretty effortlessly. Um, and we have the two characters. I mean, fans really like Thor and they really like Loki. So they're both in this movie. They ground yeah, it. Oh, yeah. They have a funny relationship,
0: do, you know. W- the Thor two was left on somewhat of a cliffhanger with, with you know, uh, Odin and Loki and suspicion and this and that. Um, and Loki is not very well thought of.
1: <laughs> He's the god of mischief.
0: Yes, and so, um, do you think they were able to ra- bring it back in and and, and handle their relationship properly? Because Thor kind of takes an attitude in this film. This is not giving anything away because, you know, Thor kind of takes an attitude in this film that says, oh, yeah, my stupid brother, Loki. Look what you did again. But you're still my brother. I love you. Do you think that's a, an appropriate reaction with the tone it, of the film?
1: It is just because of how many times Loki has tried to kill Thor. There's a lot of humor around that. And there's some good well, They stories. make a joke about there's it. Even, yeah. yeah, there's some good stories in the movie that are funny. And I mean, this is kind of surprising too. Loki's in a different role this time. Everyone kinda of has his number. He's not surprising anyone. None of his tricks work. I mean, it's kind of funny to see that angle of Loki just being constantly frustrated.
0: Yeah. Or a little nervous about his surroundings and where he's at. Yeah. yeah.
1: So then we have uh the the real big addition, the green elephant in the room is the Hulk. He's been missing also since yep. Age of Ultron. And he's played in this by Mark Ruffalo. And I think I surprised you last night when I said he was voiced by Lou Ferrigno.
0: Blew me away. I did yeah. not know that. It's
1: uncredited. But if you look it up, it's it's in there that Ferrigno has been the voice of him throughout the MCU. So it, it's all the motion capture work done by Ruffalo. And, you know, the facial expressions and everything else are pretty good. This is a different Thor than we, or, sorry, Hulk, than we've seen. He's been the Hulk for years. Right. And he's developing even higher in an intelligence scale. He acts like a toddler now. Yeah, And he's very petulant, but he's funny because he's able to express his emotions a little bit better now.
0: Well, you know, I had never seen a Hulk that talked, you know. I mean, even the TV show Hulk, and, and and I I never was up on the comic books where they had the this whole Hulk world and all this stuff where he became a creature that talked. And so I didn't know how I was going to react when I saw him talk, but it just kind of, a, like you said, it's a natural progression. He's been imprisoned. Maybe in prison, maybe not. I mean, they were building a giant head statue to him on the top of a building. He was almost like a god. He's the to, grand champion. He's the grand champion god to them, you know? And I think he enjoyed that, you know, kind of a deal. But, um, yeah, it was kind of cool to hear him talk. I mean, he's grown. He's, he's been there two, three years, and he talks like he's two or three years old, you know? Absolutely. What about uh, Kate Blanchett as the villain in this film, Hella? What do you think about her? How do you think that, you know, were you surprised the one that she would take this role? And then how do you think she did?
1: I'm always surprised some of the names they get, but, you know, this had to have been a good paycheck. And she's a great name to get. I mean, she's never phoned it in on any performance that I've ever seen. And she's coming in, she's got a difficult job of being a brand-new character. We know nothing about this character. So she's got to jump into this world where we know everything else. So you need a good introduction. You need for her to have an angle. You know, what is she after? And whether or not, you know, what is this villain up for? Are they completely bad? Are they redeemable? So her version of this character, Hella, doesn't have much backstory, doesn't really have much motive. I mean, it's kind of just a, she's more a force of nature than she is any kind of interesting character, but she's good in the role. I mean, she's menacing and everything else, but she's not given much to work with. And that's always the problem in the Marvel movies. They're very weak on villains.
0: No, no, I would agree. And then I'm looking at her sidekick. I'm trying to find him right here. It was
1: Carl Urban. Yes. Scourge. Carl Urban, who played Scourge. That's really a thankless role. He's a sounding board. He's literally just someone to be in the room so she can talk to someone instead of monologue.
0: Yeah, he basically cashed a paycheck for standing around. I mean, I like him as an actor. He's in the Star Trek films, right?
1: He was Judge Dredd too, the and most recent Dredd. Yeah, so I, I like him as an actor, but yeah, and he's great in the Star Trek as Bones.
0: Yeah, but he's um, it's kind of a thankless role too. It's just the Marvel is weak on their villains. Let's just get around. I mean, they're arguably their best. Their best villain was in the last Spider-Man movie, as far as just yeah. somebody oh, yeah. maniacal and devious. You know,
1: it's just the same formula. The villain arrives, is powerful, wants to destroy everything.
0: Well, yeah, and Marvel's pushed the um, the Avengers so far, the villain has to be cosmic in proportion to to even warrant any threat. You and know? Hela
1: may be the one of the strongest villains ever in terms of the MCU so far. I mean, I'm not saying she's not an impressive no, villain. No, absolutely. Just, you're not tied up into her narrative. You don't really care. Um. <clears throat> Let's talk about Jeff Goldblum as the Grand Master. Yes, this is full Goldblum. Nothing, nothing short here. This is Goldblum at eleven.
0: Yes, all of the, all of the, 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 the shackles have been removed for Gold for Goldblum, and he is, he is glorious in this movie. I loved his performance. He's just over the top, and ah, uh,
1: he. It is, doesn't even feel scripted. I know there's some improv in this movie, but he's just kind of.
0: Oh, he's excellent. He might have been one of my favorite parts of the whole film. He's just so there, so one of those guys that you know could could literally land anywhere, and he's going to talk himself right into a sweet spot, you know, wherever he lands. Loved his character, absolutely. And I think the audience will really enjoy him as well, too. Yeah, they
1: loved him at my showing. I've seen it twice now. I, I did see it earlier in the week and then I saw it with the general audience on Thursday night and it makes you wonder too about the improv. Like there's a weapon he later calls a melt stick that may have had a different name and maybe Goldblum just called it melt stick on the set or whatever. It just works. It's funny. Right. And all the comedy, the comedy is what's going to make it or break it for some people. If they're not really expecting what this is, I can't really even compare it to another comic book movie. The, 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 I mean, if you've seen the director's other works, you're going to have an idea. The director himself plays Korg. Korg is a giant blue rock monster with a very thick New Zealander accent. And he's funny, but he he could rub people the wrong way.
0: Yeah, I thought he was hilarious. Yeah, I enjoyed the character very much. And and, and you know what's funny? I didn't even realize that was the director. Yeah. That's pretty cool.
1: I mean, it's a rock monster talking about starting revolutions with pamphlets and his mom's boyfriend that he hates. I mean, it's a lot of obscure kind of absurdist humor, but, you know, it's funny. I think i laughed about it all of his lines
0: how was the the guys that you went with last night what were their reactions
1: i saw it with two guys uh they're fans of the mcu and they really liked it it was all positive outside of the theater they were raving about it quoting lines it has a lot of quotable lines
0: oh yeah absolutely. so
1: they definitely dug it um bob or every man is excited to take his kid back to see it nice
0: yeah i think uh, yeah i think that would be totally acceptable absolutely Blu-ray Bob's yes. officially know him, know him as right. He dug it. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, what about sound? We haven't talked about sound or
1: music in this. Uh, there's some good rock in this. There's not the soundtrack is mainly a score. They only use music sparingly, but when they do, it's effective. When those guitar chords kick in, it. Right. Yeah. Just right. Combined from the tra- with the visuals of what's going right on with the
0: trailer. I mean, they they use it a couple of times during the movie, With immigrant song, with immigrant song. And it is just so effective. It's just you find yourself kind of I found myself coming off the chair a little bit. I was like, oh, yeah, here we go. Now we're going to kick some butt.
1: Yeah. There's a fight on the bridge at the end where it kicks in great visuals. And people like I looked around the theater, people were nodding right along to it. you saw the crowd kind of getting into the beat yep, of the music.
0: Absolutely. Cool. Uh what else from this? Where where um where do, where This isn't
1: a spoiler. We'll say there's two stingers. Um there's one in the middle of the credits and one at the end. So yeah. like any Marvel movie, you should stay. One of them is a joke, one of them sets up another movie.
0: Yeah. Two stingers, so make sure you stay. Um So where does Marvel go from here? What's our next Well, what's,
1: uh, real quick, we, 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 we jumped get... away from there with Tessa Thompson playing Valkyrie. Oh yeah. I want to point out, I think this was an interesting strategic decision because they've stripped away Thor's other warriors. The Warriors three and Seif are not really in this movie, they're cast aside. And I think that was just to cut out any possible love triangle waste of time in this script. Seif yeah. isn't in it, and I think it was smart putting in a character like Valkyrie, who's a strong female, without having to worry about a love subplot. Or just making her a love interest.
0: Well, it would have made the plot too muddied up if they'd have did something like that. So, but I loved Seif as a character. I was a big fan of hers. I was a little bit disappointed she wasn't in the film, but um, I've, I like her as an actress anyway. So,
1: but what I like about Valkyrie, she's kind of a lost soul. Yeah. She's very much a drinker, and there's a lot of humor around that. Oh yeah. And you know she kind of has a redeeming arc. Yep where while Thor doesn't really grow as a character, some of the other characters around him yeah. benefit from his presence.
0: Yeah. So um, what's the future of Thor and the Avengers, and what's next? What's the next on the gamut? What's the next superhero? I mean, what, what's what's what do we have coming down the pipe, man?
1: Black Panther is out in February, and then in May we have Avengers Infinity War, the third Avengers movie.
0: Yeah, and that's going to be a two-parter, right? Yep. Part one and part two, and they shot it all together as well. They're now
1: calling it three and four, and they shot it separately, but it's it's a two-parter. Thor is in part three.
0: Well, I thought they were going to release one in May and one in December.
1: They're now a year apart. They're still shooting part four.
0: Oh, okay. Gotcha.
1: That sucks. (laughs) They wrote them together, but it was way too big. Right. It's everybody now (laughs) coming together. Oh, my gosh. I don't know how they're going to pull that off. Yeah. Even the side characters like Loki and Nebula, like everybody, are in these movies. Oh man! Wow, it might be too much. I don't know that they can pull it off. I mean, we'll, well see.
0: Well, speaking of too much, I think I think we have a kind of We're going to do we're going to do a couple more segments, but we have kind of a question to pose to our audience, and that Adam and I are going to uh, talk about when it comes to the Marvel universe. You are listening to the Film Coterie. We'll be back after the music. All right, and welcome back. You're listening to The Film Coterie. And um, I have a question for our listening audience. And um, I have a question for Adam. It is the year 2017. It's coming to a close. So we're vastly approaching two decades of film since the turn of the century. And my question is, are we facing, are we coming upon superhero fatigue in movies
1: now now just no 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 let's go pop culture because it's tv and it's streaming okay yes
0: pop culture tv streaming at what point do we reach a critical mass where people are just sick and tired of superhero movies and just to put it in perspective okay if you go on wikipedia imdb search the internet there's just in the movie genre just in movies as a platform versus tv and other places there's been over fifty superhero films released since the year two thousand. Fifty, over fifty, and we're talking about these are. Let me just list some films that have multiple some some superheroes that have had multiple films released. So you got the X Men series, Spider Man.
1: He's been rebooted three times.
0: Fantastic Four, Batman, Superman. Then uh, then not even considering the Avengers cast, Iron Man, Hulk, Captain America, Thor. I mean, you know, the whole gang.
1: And we have multiple timelines of X-Men going.
0: And so with all of this happening, are we reaching superhero fatigue? Are you wore out and tired and don't want any more superhero films?
1: I have trouble. I've checked out on television and streaming. I don't, you know, I, I just can't. Get into any of the Marvel Netflix? I left. Were you not excited like me when even way back in the day, CW
0: came out with Flash?
1: I've checked out all those too. You know,
0: and all, and we were all excited. And after about a couple seasons, I have just I I don't even turn on the CW anymore.
1: Couldn't so t- CW's got three shows: they got Flash, Arrow, and Legends of Tomorrow,
0: Supergirl, and Supergirl. Went from shows. CBS yep. to CW.
1: Netflix has all the. Marvel, Marvel sub-caracterial. Yeah, the Marvel sub TV universe. Yeah, the sub-tier. There's more. I know there's more comic book shows out there, too, because I know there's a... Oh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., everything on ABC. Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot, and I, I've just given so up on much. TV. It, it so has, much. Except for Legion. Let me point this out. I watched Legion because it was different. <laughs> okay. It had a horror angle to it they were doing something more <laughs> character work. It wasn't just right. fight a bad guy of the week and have some kind of overall plot. And I think that's the same draw for me right now for superhero movies is I do personally feel superhero fatigue. If it's a straight up superhero movie, like I wasn't that thrilled about civil war just cause there wasn't anything really different about it. You know, I didn't really care to see these guys mash up. It felt like little kids playing other figures with the storyline. But yet again, I'm excited for Doctor Strange because it was different. Yes. And Guardians is different. And this Thor is different. And Black Panther looks interesting. And it's different. We don't have anything like that.
0: So basically, you're tired of the part
1: two, part three, part four of the same character. No, just the generic superhero saves the world from the villain storyline. Like, I really struggled to watch the last couple of X-Men movies. Like those really don't hold my interest, and I'm bored in the theater, and I don't know why I keep going.
0: Yet, yet you and Adam, you and Matt were very high on Logan because it was something a little different.
1: Yes. See, I need that different genre brought in. Logan was kind of a western revenge saga, something different than just here's the villain. He's got a vial that glows blue, and if he puts it in the water supply, something bad will happen. Right. For me, I've totally checked out a TV. I,
0: I don't watch any of the superhero stuff on TV at all anymore. The movies, I still get that leap in my heart or whatever, my leap in my stomach, and I get excited to go to the movies, even to see the stupid X-Men ones that I m- maybe naturally don't like. I guess the only one I did not get into Fantastic Four, I just kind of oh, gave, no, gave. I forgot it, about that. I gave it the boot. But <clears throat> even Thor... Thor and Guardians 2, I went into both of those a little apprehensive. And so maybe I am experiencing more than I think I am. Because I went into both those thinking, I don't know, but I came out loving. I actually like Guardians 2 better than the first one. I got to be honest with you, this might be my favorite Thor movie of the three. I, I I'm just going to come out and say it. I think it's better than the first two. I
1: agree with you. I think that's the best Thor.
0: Because it's it's like they found their stride, you know? Now, if I see another Thor movie, when the dust settles with Age of Ultron or the Avengers, whatever, whatever they're going to do to save the world, the universe, when those two films are done, I want to see Thor have to wrestle and have something really... I w- I'd like to see him have to wrestle with being who he is, you know? I'd like to see something a little more from him. I want to see him grow a little bit as a character. But... As long as the story's interesting, I don't think I'm fatigued yet.
1: Okay. And I like Deadpool. That was another one jumped out. But we hadn't had a movie like that because it was it was rated R. It was not a hero. It Had a lot of humor to it and kind of a different approach. So yeah. I mean, I was into Deadpool. But you know, coming up, I'm not as excited about um, Justice League. I'm not as excited about even Avengers three. Whereas some of these other movies that are coming, that's just a different approach. It makes me more excited. Like I like black Panther looks really interesting to me.
0: So so why is it then? And I agree with you. So why is it then we sit here looking at episode eight of the star Wars franchise. And I'm just so jacked to go in December. I mean, I'm just like, I just start thinking about it and my heart, starts beating a little faster and i'm so excited and that's i mean that's the eighth movie and we're gonna have nine next year you know the ninth one next year well two years In two years well in two years yeah but i'm so excited about that but yet i don't know what's the difference you think
1: the difference is the brand star wars is my most important movie franchise there's nothing above star wars for my interest level you say the words, I'm there. I mean it's it's the peak of my movie Geekdom. So I need Star Wars to be good. I don't care if X Men's good. It can be good and bad. Star Wars is special to me, probably just from childhood. Oh yeah, totally. And you know, that's I need that to be good. So I'm I'm very optimistic on episode eight. Some people are cold on it. Well, you but know But I just I'm just I'm staying optimistic and saying it's gonna be good. But that's when I actually care about the plot and the characters. Yes. Me They're too. They're not interchangeable to me, like I don't like the X Men are.
0: And I'm a little bit older than you, uh, and so I, I was born right in that Star Wars. I am in the Star Wars wheelhouse. I mean, I'm born in 1970, and so as a seven-year-old, I went and saw the original Star Wars. So you know, I in '80 I was 10, in '83 I was 13, and so you know, and so my most formidable movie experiences as a child was Star Wars. You know. So there's always gonna be that special something. Even and I'll be honest with you, I loved a lot of people didn't like it, but I loved Rogue One. I love I, I liked it better than I think episode seven. I mean, I just loved that movie. So I'm excited about these standalone Star Wars anthologies are gonna do. But I don't know, superhero fatigue. I guess I'm I, I'm not really geeked up about this new next Avengers movie too. I'm okay, I'll go see it and see if it's any good. Uh, and I'll go see these because I enjoy these, but I don't get excited about the superhero films. You know, I, I really like Doctor Strange, though, and I'm looking forward to the second Doctor Strange if we ever get one. I don't know what the timetable even is for that. You they know? haven't unveiled the new phases you know, yet. Yeah. yeah. But well, let me
1: put it this way. We are taking off work to see episode eight
0: yeah we're doing a double taking a half a day
1: did you even think twice about doing that
0: not even didn't even bat bat an eye about it you're like
1: I'll take off work I'm gonna schedule it off this is a a very (laughs) special thing to me it's an event it's an event like you don't even think twice like I'm gonna do this we
0: spent our we spent $30
1: yep we're seeing the double feature
0: we're gonna see episode 7 have a short break and go right into episode 8 you know, and that's exciting. I'm jacked up about that. You
1: know, but like even Avengers three or whatever, there's no other movie where I just automatically like I'm not working that day. I need to take this in. So I mean, I that's know. that's the difference. Superhero movies yeah. I'll go see opening night. Yeah, yeah. But eh, Star Wars. Okay, is... so
0: so film coterie listening audience, come on now. Send us get into our Facebook group, our Facebook deal, and let us know. You know, I'll have Adam. I'll try to get this show out. We'll try to get it out tonight, so it's there. Over the weekend, fire up. Let us know. Are you experiencing superhero fatigue or not? You know, what are your thoughts that way? Let's start a conversation about this.
1: What are your thoughts on Black Panther?
0: It looks um, mysterious and probably has the potential to be an awesome origin story. Um, I hope they go back. I hope they
1: flashback. Let's say this. We were tired of origin stories, but Wonder Woman nailed it. And Black Panther's got a shot to kind of nail it. And
0: and I hope, even though we've already been introduced to the most current Black Panther, I want this. I'm expecting in this first movie, origin story. I'm expecting. I don't know that it is. It may not be, but I'm telling you what I'm expecting. I'm expecting flashbacks. And, And and it to run modern with flashbacks of how the origin of the I want to know how that super high tech world in the middle of the jungle that's been hidden forever I need to know that
1: and see that's this is the superhero fatigue I'm I'm curious about that because the universe is interesting to me I want to learn more about Wakanda I love the look of it love it Wakanda if you don't know is sort of like the El Dorado. Yeah, of the Marvel Universe, it was the most advanced technology society. It was never found by explorers and it lives in a shielded dome. It's a secret city, secret yeah. society. It's awesome. They have spaceships and hover trains and uh,
0: It's it's incredible. I, I yeah, I'm I'm jacked about it. So, um Yeah. So what yeah, so I guess fatigue in some areas absolutely, just like with anything. Um but if you make it different, it's kind of like eating, a, it's kind of like eating pizza. Let me do it. Let me give an analogy that I can relate to. <laughs> yeah. It's like eating pizza. If I, I love pizza, love to eat pizza. And I could probably for a week eat pizza every night. It wouldn't bother me a little, a little bit, but starting into the second week yeah, pizza. But now you decide to change the cheese and make it Mexican pizza. You know, you spice it up and do something completely different oh pizza same thing's true with these movies you know <laughs> same thing's true with these we superheroes. Just want the
1: different ingredients
0: or maybe i'm just getting hungry one of the two <laughs> we haven't
1: eaten yet we're recording earlier than normal roger's got pizza on the brain oh, oh man
0: yeah so i don't know I, I really seriously listening audience man we'd love to get feedback from you guys what do you think are you experiencing any superhero fatigue or you just totally geeked out and excited about all these movies
1: And we're not going to do another segment like this, but we will address it in our review of Justice League. I think we have to at this point. That's another entry is how do we feel now? Does Justice League make it better, worse? Where are we? And,
0: And we try to do a great job. When we have these kind of discussions on Facebook, we try to do a great job of sharing your perspective on the show. So if we get into a good conversation, maybe next week or in two weeks when Justice League comes out, Uh, we'll, like Adam said, well, I think we should revisit this and, uh, see what our listening audience has to think as well. So, all right, well, let's take a break. And when we come back, we'll get into our coming attractions and share with you what you have to look forward to in the weeks to come. You're listening to the film coterie.
1: And we are back, and this is our coming attractions segment. Unlike the movies, we don't run the trailers first. We wait until all the credits come up, and then we do the coming attractions.
0: That's right. We've got to leave them wanting a little bit more. So you gave me a list. You gave me a homework assignment list here of films I should try to catch that are coming out. Let me just mention.
1: Let me just say that I went like, dude, the next two weeks are amazing. For I know releases.
0: you did. You're like, Roger, you've got to get to the theater. And I'm like, I'm going to burn that movie pass card <laughs> up. <you know? laughs> but anyway, so I'm going to mention we got we got besides what this week is uh, Murder of the Orient Express.
1: That'll be our primary review. And
0: then we have, after that, is uh, Justice League. Correct. And then what's the third? Do you know the third week? So we have major releases coming up. But besides those two, which I'm very excited and somewhat just a slightly a little bit of trepidation about murder on because I love the classic. I love the classical murder on the Orient Express. But I'm really looking forward to that movie. And Justice League, we'll see. You know, I was not at all a big fan of the first one. Let's just don't even go there. We'll see what the second one's like, or this first grouping of them is like. Did not like the last super, Superman one, but you gave me some homework assignments. So I'm just going to mention these, and we may end up just doing one of these popcorn episodes of uh, film coterie where we where we talk about six films we've seen in the theaters. But let me mention some of these: Killing of a Sacred Deer, so good. So I'm going to mention the film. Give us the 15 to 20 second synopsis of the film.
1: Uh, a strange kid comes into a doctor's life and starts doing nefarious things mysteriously that causes kids to stop walking, stop eating. It's very much psychological horror, but something else is at play. The whole film feels like a nightmare, and I loved it. Yorgos Lathimos directed this from The Lobster.
0: Awesome. So that's killing. Awesome. That's killing of a sacred deer. Next film. Blade of the
1: Immortal. This is the 100th film from Takashi Miike. Very prolific Japanese director. This is a samurai movie where the guy can't die. Think Wolverine meets kind of true grit. A girl comes to him for justice, and he takes up on her mission to get revenge for her family that was murdered. And it's very gory. Limbs are flying, but they can get reattached to the samurai. And just awesome hundred-on-one fights.
0: Uh Folks, I'm going to tell you right now, Adam has no computer in front of him. No notes. No. It's, it's, like, it's like talking to my buddy Kevin from the film Coterie Classics. It's just a wealth of <laughs> wealth of data he has stored in that hard drive between his ears. So that's Blade of the Immortal, Mansfield 6667.
1: So this is a documentary about Jane's, Jane Mansfield and her relationship with Anton LaVey, who was the head of the Church of Satan out in LA and, and she died shortly after this. So the film is kind of looking at the weird relationship and he kind of cursed her and her new boyfriend and they did die in a fiery car crash, which was part of his curse. So an interesting documentary about the dark side of Hollywood.
0: Now I have a couple asterisks besides this next one, because it's a lot of buzz and it's called the Florida project.
1: Uh, all right. I fail.
0: I Willem Willem Dafoe.
1: It's Willem Dafoe, but I think the director, Sean Baker, I, I might be wrong on that. Okay. He directed Tangerine. Um, this is a early awards contender, um, sort of about a dark side of Orlando with some kids that are running around, their parents are drug addicts, and Willem Dafoe plays a caretaker of a motel that kind of takes responsibility for these kids. Okay. How about Brimstone and Glory? I showed you the trailer for this. This is a documentary that you have to see on the big screen. Uh, I believe it takes place in Mexico, might be South America. It's a big fireworks festival where religion meets being burned By fireworks. They think the scars they get from the fire were the saints pulling them out. And it just looks spectacular. Like, you have to see this on the big screen. Our next one is a swear word. It's bitch. Uh, Don't know the director on this one, but a woman, uh, her husband's cheating on her, her kids are ignoring her, and she just starts acting like a dog, like a vicious dog. Like, they have to lock her in the basement. Very messed up looking movie. So,
0: double entendre in the title.
1: It's called bitch.
0: Alright, and last but not least, another one of these asterisk laden films, Wonderstruck. What do you know about Wonderstruck?
1: I, I I don't know much about this. It's two kids, they somehow switch places, they're two different eras. It's got some buzz. I, I I know it's on my list. That's all I really have. But the movie you're missing is my friend Dahmer.
0: Oh yes.
1: Mark Meyer. Um, it was actually directed here in Ohio at Dahmer's Real House where he grew up. I love, love, love this movie from Fantastic Fest. It comes out next Friday here in Columbus, and I'm, I'm very excited for more people to check it out. It's a biopic done extremely well. If and, you like and, serial killers, you need to see this one.
0: And you're not a big serial killer, I mean, a biopic kind of guy to right? begin with.
1: This yep. one uh, made Best of the Fest at Fantastic Fest. It either won that or the Audience Award.
0: Yep, So, and Wonderstruck is directed by Todd Haynes, Brian Selznick wrote it, and uh, Oakes Fegley, Julianne Moore, Michelle Williams uh, stars in this young boy and uh, young girl, New York, and 50 years ago, and there's some kind of mysterious time connection between the two.
1: Timey-wimey. So,
0: timey-wimey kind of stuff going on. So, yeah, I had to look that up on IMDb because Adam just, he only got like eight of the nine films I threw at him. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's going to wrap it up for this week's episode of the Film Coterie. Uh, Adam, how can they find us on social media and the interwebs?
1: Uh, The best way to reach us, we're on Facebook. If you just go to facebook.com backslash filmcoterie, we have an active page with a lot of discussion trying to go on, so find us there. We're also on Twitter, at film coterie on Twitter. And like I said, feel free to reach out. Let us know what you watch. If you... Hated Thor Ragnarok when we both liked it. Let us know. Yep. I want to hear a difference of opinion.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, <clears throat> if you if you don't mind, you let us. We'll share your comments on the
1: show. So yep, absolutely.
0: All right, that's going to do it for this week's episode of the Film Coterie. We'll see you next week.